view. If Mrs. Williams played that song again, we turned the lights down dim, you'd be out. You'd just be done. I am of the same way. I have never been more tired than I am right now, and this will be a short and sweet and hard to beat message, and uh, amen. Turn in your Bibles, please, to Psalms chapter 42, Psalms chapter 42, and uh, I think Pastor said it last Sunday night, what was it, a pizza message, and uh, so take and bake, that's what we'll call this today, Psalm chapter 42, and I will not be like others that uh, are told to keep it short, and an hour and a half goes by, and I won't point out who, but it was a good message last Sunday night, wasn't it? (laughs) So, I love you, Brother Williams. (laughs) Psalms chapter 42, the Bible says, As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. This message is for me this afternoon. If you get something for it, praise the Lord. Uh, But God has been scraping me sore on this thought. And David, <clears throat> uh, in the book of Psalms here, uh, describes a heart panting after the water brooks. It's, he paints a beautiful picture of someone that, uh, or a, a buck, getting hunted, and he's racing for his life. And he's so out of breath, and he's so thirsty, that he's just looking for the closest drop of water that he can get after. And he alludes that and he illustrates that towards someone that's longing after God. And it reminds me of Matthew chapter 5 verse 6. Don't turn there, but it says, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Hungering and that thirsting, my wife and I, we, we took a trip to South Africa, I think it was about seven years ago. And uh, we went into the country of Swaziland, which is a country within South Africa. And Swaziland is known as uh, the AIDS capital of the world. Everyone there, uh, a large percentage, has AIDS. It is a third world country. It's one of the last true monarchs on the globe. And as we were going down the streets, you could see the destitute and the poverty of these children. You were rich if you had a pair of shoes. They'd literally go to the dumps and they would search for scraps of food amongst the trash. That's how hungry they were. My wife and I, we had brought some stickers and some little dum-dums. And we were passing those out and you would have thought we were passing out Xboxes or just cash. I mean, they were so happy to receive something that little. But they were hungering and they were thirsting. And God alludes that to blessed or happy or blessed are those which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. To Christians that want God so much that they'll do anything and everything just to get to God. You know, the the Bible gives us a command. Christ gives us the command in Matthew chapter 22 verse 37. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. With all thy soul, with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first and great commandment. That we're supposed to have an unconditional longing after loving of God. 
You know, the Bible uh, in the Greek talks about three types of love in the Bible. There's storge, which is familial love. That's uh, of a, possibly of a, of a dad to a son or just family to family. There's phileo, which is brotherly love or friendly love. And then there's agape love. That's that unconditional love. It's the love that Christ has towards us. It's that love that says, hey, where sin abounds, grace did much more abound. That we cannot out the grace of God. That's how much He loves us. It's that love that, in John 3.16, that says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. So as I was doing a little bit of research on this message, I thought, what greater place than to get uh, philosophical and theological um, content than from Coldstone. Amen? And there's some ice cream on Labor Day weekend. And I was sitting at Coldstone yesterday, and I was looking at their cups. I was looking at their sizes. And if you know anything about Coldstone Creamery, they've got three sizes. There's this like it size. Now that's barely anything to shake a stick at. There's this love it size, which is just a little bit bigger. And then there's this gotta have it size. This is the kind that I normally go for. This is the gotta have it. I've got to have my chocolate devotion, bless God. And uh, gotta have it. And I was thinking, you know, there's three types of Christians that we can relate to even these. There's this like it type Christianity. This is this Christian that likes the things of God and everything that relates to church and to the things of God. But you can't ask them to sacrifice or do anything extra or beyond. They won't give any time or energy to the things of God. They're just this like it. There's, I like the concept of Christianity. I like, uh, I like singing the songs and hearing the things of Christ. But don't ask me to do anything further. I'm just a like it type Christian. You know, don't ask them to give anything towards anything extra in the church. Don't ask them to come early to work on a bus route, to work in a Sunday school class, to do anything ministry-wise. Hey, this is just kind of that like a Christian that says, hey, I'm gonna, I'll show up to church Sunday mornings, but that's, that's about it. I like it. And then I got to thinking about the love it type Christian. This is that in the middle type Christian. This is the Christian that loves the things of God but they'll do the bare minimum. Hey, they'll give their 10% of their income. Hey, uh, they'll show up to church faithful Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Hey, this is even the Christian that will read their Bible every day. And uh, they'll ha- they will pray every day. But there's no fruit from it. All it is is just a checkbox. It's just a routine to them. This is just something that we do because we've always done it. We've always gone to Shenandoah Bible Baptist Church. I always read my Bible, but there's nothing from it. When's the last time you got something from God's Word and it changed you? When's the last time you got something from a message from God's Word and it pierced your heart and the Holy Spirit got a hold of you and you came to this altar, you were in your personal devotions just weeping because God's gotten a hold of your heart. You know, God refers to these types of Christians in Revelation as lukewarm, neither hot nor cold. Boy, they're not totally in it, but they're there. 
You know, to be honest, this is kind of where I fall into. This is that category, if I'm not careful, that I get into this lukewarm where, I, where I, I, you know, I'll do the bare minimum just to get by, but nothing more. This love at Christianity. You know, but this is where God's been scraping me sore on, is this God habit. I have got to have the things of God in my life. This is the Christian that needs God so much they can't even imagine waking up without getting into their Bible. This is the Christian that says, hey, I can't go a day without getting close to God. I can't go another moment without having God's presence in my life. I've got to have it. If I don't, I'm not even going to be able to make it. This is the Christian that gets their Bible and won't let anything get in between it. That they, they're getting something and as they're reading through God's Word, they're just weeping and they're, they're, God is speaking to them because it hasn't gotten old. This is that gotta have it type of Christianity. This is the Christian that needs God more than anything. They'll sacrifice their time, their energy, their money, their everything for God. Whatever God asks them to do, they say, yes, Lord, here am I. They've got, <clears throat> excuse me. They'll sacrifice their time, energy, money because they love God so much and they realize or recognize that God has done so much for them. Hey, they don't want any recognition, any fame or prestige. They just want to see God glorified. They want to give it all to Him. Everything you and I do has got to be for God's glory because we've got to have Him. Nothing I do can be for my glory, can be for my fame, my self-promotion. You know, I was, as I was going through this, I was thinking about the woman with the issue of blood that did everything within her power to get whole, but it didn't work. And as she went towards Christ, she couldn't get to Him because of the press, but she had to get to Jesus. And she pushed people aside and she stretched out her hand and just touched the hem of His garment because she had to get to Christ. And that is the type of devotion that Christ is looking from you and I. That we have to get to Christ every single day. It's not a one-time thing. It's not just when revival meetings happen. It's not just during missions conference. It's every single day saying, I've got to have you, Lord. And I can't live without you. You know, I think of Moses when he said in Exodus 33, If thy presence go not with me, carry us not up hence. I'm not going to go there if you're not with me, God. I've got to have you. You know, Christ had to settle this with Peter. Remember after Peter had ran away and Peter went a-fishing with the other disciples and they came back and they were on the seaside and they're cooking up fish. I like to think filet of fish And Christ asked Peter, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? That word in the Greek is agape. Do you unconditionally love me? And we know that Peter responded back, yeah, Lord, I, I phileo you. I, I friend love you. I don't unconditional love you, but I phileo love you. And Christ asks again, Simon, son of Jonas, do you agape? Do you love me unconditionally? Peter says, yes, Lord, I I, I phileo you. I I, I friend-like love you. And then Jesus asked for a third time, Peter, lovest thou me? And Peter finally broke down and said, you know what, Lord? I agape you. I unconditionally love you. I give it all up 
for you. And God used Peter to do great and impossible things for him. What was Christ asking Peter? Do you got to have me? Do you got to have me? And that's what Christ is asking from each and every one of us this, this afternoon. Do you have to have me more than your necessary food? No more than your necessary drink? Do you have to have me? This is the type of Christian that God's looking for to turn the world upside down. To do something impossible in Martinsburg and Berkeley County. Is somebody, some Christian to say, Hey Lord, I got to have you more than anything. I don't care what my family's doing. I don't care what my friends are doing. I have to have you. And I don't care if my name gets recognized recognized or not God because it's all for your glory all throughout scripture we see men that literally gave it all to the Lord and said I gotta have you think of Noah Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord right he saved his family at the ridicule of the whole world he built an ark and said Lord I got to have you Abraham left his kindred we found out about that last Sunday left his family left his kindred to go to a place promised by God Because he had to have God. Jacob wrestled with Christ. Literally until Christ would give him the blessing. Because he said, God, I've got to have you. Moses spent 40 years in the desert and left the riches of Egypt to seek after God. David went after Goliath and became a man after God's own heart. Daniel went into the lion's den. He had to have God. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego went into the fiery furnace. Hey, what are the evidence of you having to have God every single day? What are you doing to seek after God more than even your hunger and your thirsting to say, God, I have to have you. The same type of love God commands us to have towards him is the same type of love that he shows towards us. I mentioned it a moment before, but when God looked at the sinfulness and the wretchedness and the wickedness of mankind, he said, I still love you. I have to have you. How awesome and humbling of a thought that is that though God looked at me and saw how wretched of a sinner I am, he said, I still love you. And he sent his only begotten son to die on the cross for me and for you. The least we can do is to live for Christ. Think of that. He looked at how much of a sinner I am and you are and he still said, for God so loved the world. God said, I have to have you. The least we can do is to give Him everything we got. So what kind of Christian are you this afternoon? A like-it Christian that just likes the things of God but won't do anything about it? Don't ask me to give any money towards a special project. Don't ask me to work on a bus route. Don't ask me to hand out a tract. Just this little thing over here. A love-it Christian that says, hey, I'm just going to do the bare minimum to get by. You know, I'll just, I'll show up bare minimum, bare attendance. I'll give and I'll do a little bit, but don't ask me to sacrifice. Or would you rather be a God to have a Christian that says, God, I'll give you anything you ask of me with no questions because you are worthy. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I promised a short message. What a humbling thought it is that God said, I have to have us. That he has to have me. That he loves me so much. And he asks the same thing in return from us. Do you have to have him more than anything today? How many of you here this afternoon, I know we're tired, I know we're full and we want to get home. But how many of you here today would say, there was something in that message that the Holy Spirit convicted me on. Would you raise your hand? There was something in the message I needed. Would you raise your hand?
If your hand is raised, I invite you to come to the altar. The piano is playing, and we'll stand together right now. If you raised your hand, would you come to the altar and ask God to help you to be a God of habit Christian? Say, God, I've got to have you more than anything. I need you, Lord.